Tonight and welcome to Can You Put Me on Guest List, the podcast that interviews some of the most interesting and successful professionals in the dance music industry. Today's chat is with Alice Brown. She's an absolutely fantastic publicist that works with the likes of Cocoon Ibiza, De Jules, Cassie, Fuse, Kevin Saunderson, and Hector. And on top of that, she's just a genuine, lovely, lovely person. And what I'm doing, is it making a difference to the, that person's career? And it, and it does, you know, of course yeah. it does, because, you know, you're, you're putting them in the hype machine. In this episode, we chat about when is a good time for an artist to take on a publicist, what kind of content does the media look for to publish, how social media has affected PR, staying creative, and much more. Alice. Hello, Katie. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you for uh, having me here in your really cool offices. Oh, no problem at all. It's nice to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. It's always I good know. to see your face. I know. It's <laughs> nice to see you in England. I don't think I've ever seen you in England. No, I've always been in Ibiza or Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah, it's true. It's nice. <laughs> this is nice. The international lives we lead, yeah. hey? <laughs> <laughs> Right, I just wanted to start off by um, talking about what your job consists of and what are your responsibilities and goals as a publicist okay if you are a dj or a festival an event um, we kind of do uh, handle press across that so we'll handle press for artists labels events um and music releases um so just one-off music releases sometimes and that'll be across print, web and radio. So it'll be our job to get your project out there to the media for them then to get it out there to the public. You know, kind of working out what the message is, what the tone is, and then going from there. Um, so yeah, it's press releases. Um, a lot of writing. A lot of writing. Pitching to journalists, which is a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of pitching and chasing and annoying people. Um, but yeah. So annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> but also building a good rapport with journalists, you know, and kind of getting to know those journalists yeah. as well. You can't, you shouldn't miss pitch things, you know. If you don't think it's going to suit that journalist or suit that media, there's no point in you pitching it. Yeah. Um, so you've got to really know and research your media. It's a lot of research as well. And I guess you have to build up like a lot of relationships with these, with all of these journalists as well. The more you work with them, the more work you're going to get with them. Yeah. And it's a lot of the a lot of the battle is trying to meet them face to face where you can. So if you're in London, um, you know one of the main reasons I moved to London is it's because where a lot of the music media are based. So it's handy to be able to just nip into the offices, yeah. you know, just be like, hey, like, you know, I'm in London. It's just good to put a face to your email. You know, once you've broken down that and you actually make them realise you're a human, yeah. that's half the battle. But we're all young and we're all friends, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's so nice. So really, it's getting to a point now where... For instance, say I know a lot of the staff at Mixmag, a lot of them have become my close friends, so they kind of trust what you send to them. And yeah. But, yeah, it's, it is about building relationships. That, that is a, a really key thing, getting yeah. to know the media and building relationships with the journalists 100%. How did you get into the music industry from, from the beginning? Um, so I used to be a hairdresser for Tony and Guy. 
for like eight years and then I decided that I wanted to go traveling so I left and went to Ibiza that was my like I loved always loved music I was always a big raver from probably the age of about 15 I started going to clubs drum and bass nights mainly um and so I just thought Ibiza would be the first or the best place for me to go to kind of break the ice of traveling so I didn't want to go too far straight away um, a lot of my friends were like, oh, it's, you know, really drum and bass, uh, really house music orientated, like, you won't like it. But I gave, I just went and went to all the interviews and ended up working with Pasha, uh, being on their PR team. So I got quite a good job. Oh, amazing. Because I guess then was, like, more... It was kind of just the five clubs then, or six clubs then, you know, like the two in San Anne, which is Paradise and Eden, and then Amnesia Space, Pasha and Privilege. So what year is this? This is 2010. Okay. So they were the main clubs that had the, the main PR teams. Um, so, yeah, went through a few interview processes and, and, yeah, ended up on a job for them and just realised that I absolutely fell in love with clubbing and just, like, in love with the music and just thought, I've got to do this. And the following year, um, I kind of just put the word out there to people, really, and um, I got to know... I worked on the Sunset Strip in Ibiza, where Cafe Mambo is. is. I was a massage girl the second year. (laughs) And um, one of the girls uh, who ran one of the restaurants there, Karma Sushi at the time, she was like, oh, I have this friend. Um, She runs a PR company called Rebel Butterfly. They're actually just um, working with Cocoon. And Cocoon was like my party. I went there every single week without fail. So were you still loving drum and bass at this time as well? Mm. Not as much as before. I will always love drum and bass. Yeah. I just went to a drum and bass night at Fabric and it was fantastic, actually. But um, I guess House and Techno Take took over me then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just she just said, maybe I'll put you in touch. And we had a little Skype and I had no idea what that sort of PR was. To me, PR was ticket selling as I was on the Pasha PR team, you know. Um, and she gave me my big break and I worked for absolute pittance for a few months. Um I think just, we've all done that in Ibiza. Yeah, but it was fine, yeah, you know? It has to be done. Yeah. yeah. I worked remotely for her. Um, I was living in Brighton at the time. Going, went back to Tony and Guy and just, yeah, working remotely for her and doing a lot of things on Skype. And it was, again, getting to know the media and things like that. And yeah. that was where I got my break, yeah. How long were you at Rebel Butterfly for then, in the end? Four and a half, five years. I think I started in April 2012. <laughs> And finished in October 2017. Amazing. And then you so, set up by yourself. Yeah. I um, just decided when I got to 30 I wanted to do my own thing. Nice. And how did you find that change from working with another company to having your own company? At first it didn't feel any different. We had a really amicable split. I gave her like a six-month, even a year warning so she knew it was happening. She wanted to f- quit and stop Rebel Butterfly. Um, so I took all my clients with me. So at start, it really didn't feel any different. I still okay. had the same roster. Now it feels different because I'm dealing with a lot more business yeah. decisions and I've taken on a member of staff in the last year, which um, I've needed to do to grow my company because otherwise I'm only ever going to be able to work to the capacity I can work at. So, um, you know, taking her on... And training her and paying her and then being mindful that I have to make sure that I have other clients to be able to pay her and then starting to grow that company because thinking, you know, well, what was the point in taking her on if I don't if I don't want to get new clients on and going on the hustle for new clients and being more business minded about well, where her role is 
Yeah. And where my role is and kind of making her more of a specialist in, in certain areas of PR so that we can kind of work to different strengths. That's now kind of hit me as, you know, it's a bit more serious. So what clients are you working on at the moment? So um, I always try and do it in alphabetical order when people <laughs> ask me. <laughs> because it's the only it way on... to remember it. it in, my, in my email signature, it's it, alphabetical. It is. I know. I did realise that, actually. <laughs> so I do Cocoon Ibiza. Uh, just for their summer campaigns, um, which is a real... Um, I love doing that because that was, for me, the party that made me fall in love with Ibiza. So to have been on the dance floor every week to working really closely with them, who I've been working with for five years now, is is really humbling. Um, Cocoon Ibiza. Uh, I work with DeJules, who's a DC10 resident, and his base culture label. I work with Cassie. Yeah. and her Quench Records label. Um, I work with Hector and his VL Recordings and VL Limited label. Um, Fuse and Enzo Siragusa. And I just took on Kevin Saunderson and 30 Years of Inner City, which is a really big one. Yeah. Um, and then I work for... I do a little label called Planetary Notions, which is a London-based label, quite an underground, um, like more sort of house techno label yeah um so yeah very busy 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 yeah busy but it's good yeah how different do you find it working because obviously you work with labels um individual artists and also brands Mm -hmm. how different is it working um with each three of them categories yeah so artist press is more personal because you really have to get to know that artist and get to know what they like and what they don't like. Also think about what they've done in their career, like, so far. And the more you know an artist, the better press you can do with them, if that's the bottom line, you know, because you you just get to know them on a different level. And label is kind of more... um, Regimented, I suppose they have a release schedule in place. You know what's coming. You get to work with different artists because they are releasing on that label. Um, brands, um, again, is is big. It's bigger. It's a bigger project. You tend to work with many more artists. Yeah. Um, brands is generally more so with events. Event press is getting a bit harder, to be honest, because a lot of media naturally are asking for budget. Um, which is totally cool because they need their budget. Yeah. You know, a lot of media are shutting down, a lot of print press is shutting down, so, you know, they rely on their advertising spend. So event press is, is probably the hardest, I would say, because you really have to find the new angles and the new ways and kind of get a bit of a media partner on board and stuff, you know, to yeah. kind of... for it to work in your favour. I would say artist press is my favourite. Your favourite. Mm-hmm. Do you spend a lot of time then with the artists that you work with as well to get to know them more and kind of know what they like, what they don't? I try to. Um, I've made mistakes in the past where I've just tried to kind of... Where, where I haven't had much contact with the artist and the results suffer. Um, I, I guess it wasn't really a mistake. It's just, you know, that's just the way it goes. Not a lot of artists want to talk to their publicists on a really? daily. You have managers that yeah, they tend to be true. the middlemen. Um but it is better to just have direct contact with that artist. Yeah. So, you know, I have a good relationship with most of my artists. I tend to do a lot of interviews with them over the phone. Um, not a lot of media tend to do phone interviews anymore. So I tend to get the questions and do them over the phone with the artist, particularly yeah. with Enzo, uh, particularly with Cassie, um, just because 
it they just it's just easier for them and easier for me and, and that's kind of where I get to know them a lot more because yeah. you just end up chatting to them and, and, and getting answers on a different level um so yeah and I try and always see them in London if they're playing if in London playing. just always instigate meeting up for lunch with them yeah, generally nice. talk to them on WhatsApp more than I do over email because you get quicker answers over things um so yeah you just get to know them on a more personal level that way what do you look for in an artist or a brand or a label before you take them on because I guess you don't take anybody on no um they have to have the ammo so if they've got a backstory, that's always amazing. If they've got a good legacy, a good history, or, you know, um, they've built up a good reputation, I would always kind of look what they've done over the last year at least yeah. to kind of have that as ammo. But then they have to also have forthcoming ammo. There's no point in taking someone on who is just um, has just had a great year but doesn't really have anything else coming up. Yeah. Um, the music industry is becoming really oversaturated and very um, competitive. So they have to have stuff going on yeah. for you to continue doing what you, what you can do. You know, my job is to put that project out there. If there's no project existing, then there's no point. So, yeah, it's good to kind of um, make sure that they've got, they've got stuff going on, really, whether it's releases or good gigs or lab- they've got their own label or party concept. Um and they have to just be at more of an exciting stage. If if you know, it's good to build. It's good to build a new artist, and new artists are always great to build if they've got stuff going on. You know, so they, they have to have that ammo. When do you think it is a good time for an artist to say, "I'm gonna um, find a PR agency to work with"? I think um, if they can kind of feel it themselves that there's a buzz around them. Yeah. Um, I guess they've just had a great year of gigs. Um, and they've got music that needs pushing out there. I think a lot of it is musical output now, um, which, you know, they they tend to get more bookings that way. Um, So, yeah, if they've got a a steady release schedule, I would say, you know, say they've been busy in the studio the whole of January and they've set up their releases for the year and it's like, right, okay, I need someone to talk about this. Um, I would definitely say that release schedule is is a good one. How has social media affected PR? Um, Hmm... I guess in a way that a DJ now has to pay even more money for extra arms on their career. So I guess a DJ would be paying a percentage to their booking agency, a percentage to their management, a fee to their publicist, and then they have to then have a fee to their social media. So I guess some of them may think about cutting one or the other out. Yeah. Um, but there has to be that ammo there and generally it's press that gets put out on the social media so it's better to have the two. Um, socials is is different, you know, um, and I think it benefits a DJ to have both if they can, especially if they have a strong presence and they've got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Is it harder for you as a publicist as well? Because before maybe there was like the, the big um platforms but now there's just like so many pages especially online and there's like just instagram platforms where they'll i don't know like techno bible stuff like mm. that it's not now it's not just them i mean four i guess five big outlets i guess what we do bleeds into social media because i will say 
if for instance there's been a wicked event that I've just done that I've just done the PR for and there's loads of good photo content from it I will then send it out to a few media and just be like look you know this can you pop this photo on your social media yeah generally if you've got a relationship with them or the brand or the event already has a relationship with them then that kind of bleeds through what's the hardest part of your job to stay creative really is hard because I guess there are a lot of PR companies out there but there are a lot of DJs out there and so you're always getting hit up for work you have to make sure that you aren't oversaturating your calendar treading on your own toes working with too many similar artists because you're going to end up treading on your own toes if you're working like 30 events how do you expect them to all be covered fairly yeah the media there's not enough media out there to be you know covering that many events so you have to be mindful of your clientele i guess that's that's one thing that is is i would say is a hard task and to not oversaturate your brain so that you're not overwhelmed because no creativity does not come from pressure or from being overloaded. Yeah. You have to really allow yourself that time to step away, breathe, and work on one project at a time. Um, I always try and go on holiday at the end of the year. I just did... I always try and do it over Christmas because it's 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 just an easier time to go away and switch off. Do you just completely close down? I did, I did this year, yeah. So um, I just gave my clients, like, a month or two warning and just said, these are the dates I'm going to have off... Um, I luckily have Amy who works with me. She took took um, you know the reins of a few projects that were ticking over. But generally, the media tend to shut down. Yeah, you know, and and they don't come back until say third, fourth of Jan. They shut down on say the nineteenth, eighteenth of December. So really, you've got that like two week period where not a lot's happening anyway. Yeah, um, and you can just be on your emails if you need to just check in once a day, but. I just shut down this this time and I took a real step away from dance music and just had a normal holiday. It's re- it's needed though, isn't it? Yeah. It I, is. And it's made me come back a new woman. I feel like my ideas and are just there again. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it is really hard to stay creative. How how are you expected to stay creative when your when your work never switches off? And there's absolutely no way you're having a summer holiday because everything's kicking oh, off in the summer. So and it, and and you come away from the summer and you're like, oh my god, like that was so overwhelming. You yeah. need to be able to step away. But everybody, DJs understand that themselves. They need they need to switch off because they how are they meant to stay creative? Yeah. You just have to have honest conversations with your clients and just be like, you know, I need to switch off. I'm having like four days off or yeah. you know. I've work. started meditating ten minutes every morning. Good, that's good. Yeah, I've heard this is this is good. I need to start doing that really. It's so good. You know, at first I was like, this isn't gonna do anything to me. I don't think this is gonna help. But it's made me so much more creative and yeah, just so many new ideas are coming up. It's been really good. Yeah. It's only 10 minutes out of your day. That would be like 10 minutes that I would be like looking through Instagram exactly. or on Facebook exactly. or something like that. So exactly. it's really good. Yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't mind meditating, trying yeah. meditating, but I'm very, I, I, it's, it's very hard for me to switch my brain off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always ticking. I've tried yoga before. I do before. it in the morning. Like, yeah. Before, like before I open my laptop, I'll just sit down for 10 minutes and just close my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, my boyfriend laughs at me. He's like, "What are you doing?" But I guess do you properly sw- do you have a proper switch off from that? Mm, my mind does wander. I, yeah. I can't say that I, for the whole ten minutes I meditate because yeah. I don't. My mind does wander, yeah. but it does help. Mm. I think, 
a lot of the music industry are getting into this more mindfulness way of yeah. life, whether it's yoga, eating well, not overdoing it on the raving. I know. I think that's another thing as well because, like, obviously we don't have a nine to five job, and some days it could be working all day, and then you have to go to an event, and then you're working the next day. Like, it's it is hard. And to we disconnect. all love a rave. Let's have it right. We do. <laughs> none, of, none of us have come into this because we haven't been on a dance floor. <laughs> exactly. So you know, like something's got to give at some point and as you get a bit older and your responsibilities get bigger yeah you have to realize that you cannot go clubbing every weekend and burn the candle at both ends all the time if yeah. you want to survive and it's competitive so you have to make yourself stand out yeah so you know by just saying no to a few things and being a bit more focused yeah it helps yeah it and, you, and then it takes away all the anxiety of oh my god i haven't delivered or oh my god you know yeah what would you say is your favorite part of your job Creativity. Yeah. As much as it's the hardest part of my job. Um, yeah, just a chance to be creative. And just for me, it's important for me to make a mark on people's careers. And whatever we do, it helps. You know, if I've worked with a few labels from the very start um, and it's nice to see them grow. And it's good to see the return and speak to the speak to the DJ and you know speak to the label managers and be like you know is this selling is this working yeah. what I, am I am what I doing am am what I doing is it making a difference to the, that person's career and it, and it does you know of course yeah. it does because you know you're you're putting them in the hype machine yeah so and as soon as there's a bit of a buzz around them then and that can do, come from press then you know. The bookings might might get better. It's an important part. It is an important career. part, and also it's really great to create something and do something, um, you know, worthy. Or you know, when you've done a really good feature and you're like, yeah, I'm proud of that. Yeah, I'm really proud of this video feature. I'm really proud of that. You know, they they don't come too often. Cover features as well. You know, when you get a cover, it's like. Yay. Yay. And you've got that. And it's a great collaboration between you and the media. You know, it's not just kind of, do you want to do this interview? Yeah, okay, then. Here are the questions. Send the answers. Done. It's like, okay, so let's get the photographer. How do you want this photo shoot to be? You know, like it's more of a creative process. Yeah. Talking about the subjects and watching it build and, you know, pre like even just going on press trips. I did a really, really cool feature with Hector where we went over to Mexico, to Guadalajara, where yeah. he's from. Um, we took Mixmag over. Me and a, a friend from Mixmag, who I, I've known for a few years anyway, so it's just like hanging out with your friends, in someone's home city that they've spoken to you about so proudly, and it makes you get to know that person on an even more level, and just to see where they're from, and you get to see parts of the world, and... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I bet that was amazing in Mexico. It was, it was amazing. We ate I was just amazing food. You know Hector, anyway, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, he's a good friend of yours, too, so you know what he's like, and he's so proud of, of being yeah. there and being from there, and we just... He just took... Because all the best places, all, all the best food, but it was mainly food. Yeah. We centred it around food, and he took us to Bar America as the club that he's played for for many years. Mm, amazing. Which, it's just amazing to see different crowds in the world, yeah. you know, um, different culture. Yeah, it was, it was a real highlight of my career doing nice. that press trip, definitely. What advice would you give somebody that would like to pursue a career in PR? It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hustle. Be prepared to get your hustle on. Yeah. Um, 
and just do it with the right intention. Like, you know, don't be focused on money. Not, not a lot of artists out there have got a lot of dough, you know, so you have to be prepared to just... There are passion projects and things you do for money and, and yeah. you know, you, you just have to be able to, to see the potential in everyone you're working with. Um, so just make sure that you have a good viewpoint on all sides of it and not just be like, oh, yeah, OK, I'll take this artist on, you know. Try and, like, look at it from different perspectives and be like, OK, well, is this marketable? Is this going to work? Because you kind of get defeated when you're not getting the results you want and it's not necessarily always your fault it's just not the right time for the artist or it's not the right time for for you to be working with that person so just make sure that you're doing it with your eyes open yeah what would be um one of your favorite projects or clients that you worked on i guess um i mean i can't really single out a favourite there's been so many great ones over the years and obviously not to offend anyone it's important to enjoy working with all of your clients Um, and if you're not enjoying working with them then don't don't keep working with them because it just defeats you Um, a lot of you know you can be you can feel defeated if you're working with the wrong client because you might not be getting on with them you might not be getting the results you want and um, yeah I guess Cocoon was quite a pinch yourself moment for yeah. me because I honestly was on that dance floor every week. I used to pay. I know you were. I used to take my <laughs> NIE to Amnesia and pay half price to get in. <laughs> As a worker who only earned like 200 quid a week, oh, 30 quid of that would go on Cocoon. <laughs> and we'd be there every week till the bitter end. So that was amazing to start working with them and yeah. Uh, working with Cassie, I've really enjoyed working with her. Again, she was an artist that I was really into and saw at DC10 at New Year and um, just one of my standout sets that I've ever still seen to this day. So that was really great to work with her. And all of my artists, I love working with the Fuse guys. Um, Apollonia, I used to work with them. And they're, you know, just great artists to go and see play. Yeah. You always get a good buzz from them. Um Ellen, I've always really enjoyed working with Ellen Alien. Doing her DJ Mag cover was really a standout. All of my artists, I've enjoyed working with with all of them. I couldn't possibly single out a favourite. Yeah. You've worked on some really cool things, haven't you? Yeah, mainly it's mainly underground house and techno, I would say. Just about to start working with Kevin Saunderson in Inner City, and Inner City is obviously legendary, so that is going to be amazing amazing to work on this year. I'm very much looking forward to working on that too. What tips would you give um, a DJ or an artist that's just starting out but probably can't afford or hasn't started working with a publicist yet? Get your social media up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just really take the time in in. It, you you can manage your own social media. Yeah. And that is a landing page for you. And so if you make a good social media page and, you know, just take lots of video content and I guess maybe get your music out to the right DJs if you're on the DJ circuit, you know, just make sure you're handing out your promos to the right DJs, getting yeah. them played and just building up good relationships and good rapport with, with other DJs and like-minded DJs like yourself and the rest will fall into place, I imagine. 
Alice, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That was really, really interesting. Yeah. I loved having a chat with you. Good. I'm glad. And um, yeah, good luck with all your new projects. Good luck with your new podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.